Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you talk to my wife again, you tell her, I love her. She's my hummingbird. But I couldn't leave a fallen man behind. He'll do that for me, won't you, Larkin? Sure I will. What are you going to do for me? What do you think I'm going to do? I'm going to save the fucking day. Hello and welcome to Unequal Sequel. My name is Dave and I'm one of the two hosts of this smooth podcast. And I'm Rich and I'm the other host of this smooth podcast. Think of me as flounder to Dave's Ariel. He's a redhead who'd change everything about him for the man he loves. And I'm his fishy sidekick. (laughs) The premise of Unequal Sequel is very simple. We ask our guests their best ever sequel, their worst ever sequel, and finally their dream sequel. And of course, we quite often drift off and talk about other things, not just movies, sometimes life in general. We also do drop some big spoilers. So if we mention a film that you don't want to spoil, then go away. Start writing your Christmas card list. Yes, it's that time of year. Come back and it'll all be over. Because on today's episode, we are joined by Petros from the Caged In podcast. Petros is a brilliant podcaster. Me and Dave have both had the pleasure of being on his podcast, uh, which is all about the Coppola family and all the connections they have. Started off Nicolas Cage and now it's kind of made its way into the whole family. It's a great listen. Uh, Yeah, we're very excited to sit down with uh, Petros and chat all things sequels with him. These are Petros's Unequal Sequels. Enjoy! Do you remember the first sequel that you got excited about? Do you remember the Gunners in the Cinema or VHS when you were young or even I, now? I potentially like because I'm a kid of the 90s. So I don't think like sequels, it's kind of weird thinking about sequels in that time because it's got mm. the, the big boom of the straight to straight to video sequel. And I think yeah. like a lot of it was finding films i really enjoyed and then finding out they had a sequel was a big part of like my kind of like movie going experience as a kid like yeah yeah whether it was like something as i don't know like net like a lot of stuff that is i can hold it very much in the past like i I dare to revisit it like i remember the three ninjas movies like finding out like oh well i love the first one it's kind of like home alone meets karate kid like yes please and then it's like oh they've got 
three ninjas kick back. They've got like another three ninjas movie, and they got like one with Hulk Hogan. I was like, yes, please. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, I, I, I think when like researching like bad sequels, I was like, the 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 I think it's called like Three Ninjas at High Noon Mountain, which is the one with Hulk Hogan. It's, there's one about a mountain comes up a yeah. lot in like lists of bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think it's something about third sequels setting them in theme parks. <laughs> it's like it seems to be like Beverly Hill Cops Three. Uh, they like it absolutely yeah. like yeah, it's gonna be in a theme park. It's absolutely <laughs> terrible, and it's like <laughs> it's that one as well. And it's like maybe maybe they knew Hulk Hogan was a bad dude, like. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm I'm trying to think. I guess I would have been excited about the Three Ninjas films just because I was I was young, I was idiotic. Yeah. But I think the big the big one for me would have been Bill and Ted's uh, Bogus Journey. Nice like, choice. Kind of having seen the first one, and I think like I've watched Bogus Journey. Wait, I think it's one of those rare cases that like the sequel is, is yeah. far better than the original because like. Yeah, William Sadler thrown in as death, like the concept of it, and it's pretty, it's pretty like full on for like what is in, entirely a kids' movie, right? Like, but it's like pretty like handles like themes of death and like I don't know, like I was how old were you? I think it's got, I've got to been like seven or eight, like because my yeah. I remember my my dad still living with us, which uh, well, let's not let's not let's not broach into that. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it was before it was before I was nine, and my world came crumbling down. I shouldn't be laughing. Sorry, <laughs> no, it's fine. This um, podcast has taken a turn. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. If it's ever going to, I'm, I'm the man to do it. Uh, the, yeah, so it would have been it would have been around then, and I vividly remember there was a shop. Um, our local like news yeah like parade called Smokies and you kind good of like, good name good name yeah it, and they like they kind of, kind of sold everything I remember like and it, it, this is very much a sign of the nineties as well I remember going in there a lot to get those cigarette sweets so I yeah. would have I would have so yeah nine year old nine year old seven or eight year old me would have been walking home from the shops with bogus journey in a bag pretending to smoke a fag like and for you guys I, I basically looked like this without a beard when I was yeah. like when I was seven didn't like, they used to come like with a football card as well though, or something yeah. some kind of yeah, or, did, or like a Looney yeah. Tunes card yeah, or something yeah. like that yeah yeah Warner Brothers cashed in on on, on the on the kids smoking of course they well. did <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it would have been it would have been then and i just kind of i remember it came in like you remember the big vhs cases as well the kind of like yeah yeah like, like the extra the, chunky ones yeah. yeah 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 and it's kind of like you open it up and it's like got a little compartment it must have been like <laughs> x rental or something like yeah. that i remember yeah so remember did you buy of, that was it from a rental place this mental shop you went to <laughs> It, well, back in the nineties, <laughs> every little corner shop rented. Oh, I know, videos, I know. didn't they? And so sold. It probably wasn't. And ex- kind of like, yeah, yeah. I think it was like X rental. Like, so what? It would have been. Yeah. So I was born in ninety one. That film came out ninety one, ninety two. I guess. Like, yeah. So like yeah, that. it would have. It would have been way past. Like, do you know what I mean? Being yeah, a, yeah. a top rental in that shop, so I definitely would have bought it. And like, oh yeah, and I think a lot of a lot of like my childhood as well is like seeing a first of a film and then you almost have that weight and anticipation like you do with a film coming out in the cinema as well because it's like oh your parents might not 
rent a movie for you every week or they might not buy you a mm. film so it was very much like it's like it, yeah it's like i always think about like music back back those days it's like oh if you bought and if you'd like and a lot of the time you probably enjoyed those films like I probably, yeah, this yeah. Probably like, back to the three ninjas films like, i probably enjoyed them because it's like oh this is my film for like the next month yeah, Six yeah. Weeks, you just watch it like, over and over again, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was a for instance, I was a massive fan of Red Hot Chili Peppers' One Hot Minute because it was the one CD I could afford, like I could have. And like, it's like yeah, I guess, yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess I do like Dave Navarro's playing on this. Yeah, yeah, they were right to get rid of John for Shanty for this album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess this is great. And it was so disappointing when you got your one video of the month and it was shit. Like we didn't like if it wasn't a good one, and you're like, mm. oh no, I have to watch this over and over again. Because your mum's always in a rush to make you pick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, never yeah. the time you needed to pick. <laughs> and you like, and I think there's an aspect as well, like you were there just judging stuff by like a title or the cover. It's like yeah. you're, you're always taught that don't judge a book by its cover. It's like. You've never been under pressure from a mum. That's all we in, have. Like, in a That's video shop. Yeah. Oh, you guys are cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I weren't reading blurbs. I was just like, what's got the cool pictures? Like, oh, we got free kit. We got we got free ninjas written on like the kind of like sole of a shoe. I was like, yes, please. Or we've got Jimmy, we've got we've got Alex Winter, Keanu Reeves, and William Sadler's face pressed up against glass like for the like for the box art of of the video i was like of yeah. course i'm gonna buy that it looks fucking amazing and did yeah. you buy it because you've seen the first one and you enjoyed it or was it just front cover attracted you to it straight away no i would have i would i would have definitely i would definitely would have like been aware of bill and ted like yeah i would have seen the first one there was a cartoon there was well. a cartoon and uh, yeah and i think i would have i would have i would have had the cartoon like would have had the cartoon I, don't, I think it's a weird one as well because I'm a, like I'm the youngest of three and there's like a five five year age gap between my brother and sister mm. the twins so like the 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 rules were off when it came to me like the amount of stuff I, w- I would have seen like way too early <laughs> and stuff like that like it's kind of like oh. so yeah they I probably would have like it's like a five six year old or like my, my parents vaguely remember stuff being great like yeah, I remember like watching the Beverly Hill Cops movies, like really young and stuff like that. Mm. I was like, yeah, these are great. Like you'll love it. You'll love it. It's really funny. And then like she's like, oh, yeah, they swear a lot, don't they? Like, you do violence. say motherfucker a few times. All those great days of like um, the 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 Channel Five like four p.m. slot of like a uh, uh, like an edit of a film, like. Yeah. I remember my, my mind being blown years later when I eventually got a DVD player and finding out that Chunk says, like, bullshit when he, like, spills <laughs> yeah. his milkshake. For, for me, it was always, spills the milkshake, cut to ad break, like, oh, yeah. white's lemonade. Like, all right. <laughs> I did that with my son. I um, let my son watch Goonies the other day. And I was like, they swear a lot in this movie. <laughs> I don't remember yeah. this. There's yeah, a lot yeah. of shit in that movie. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, Do you try I, and blurb recently... it out, like in real life, when you watch films like that with your kids? Nah, there's no point. If you if you try and like like cover it over, they just notice it more. Mm. Like there was one point where I think one of them says "fuck" and he went, oh, "They said the f word." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, don't tell mum." <laughs> yeah, I had a similar experience watching ET with like my my son, and I think like. Being it, we watched it in the cinema, and there was a thing of like, like he really got swept away when um, everyone laughed at um, 
Elliot calling his brother penis breath. Like, <laughs> he was like, he, he laughed at that, and I was like, oh, no, this could come back to <laughs> could come back to haunt me. He knows that gets a reaction. Yeah, and I think there's like. There's a couple of swears in that as well, and it's it's like rated U as well, and I was a bit like, yeah. okay, I guess like the do you know what I mean like Poltergeist was rated PG back in '82, so Poltergeist is the, fucking the, terrifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The rules are off the table. Like they, 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 they didn't care back then. Do so you like, sometimes put a film on for your kid going, oh, it's not that bad? I remember it being completely different. Then watching and think, oh lordy, this is. Uh, oh. Oh, I got in. I yeah, I got in. A, I got in a bit tr- bit of trouble by his mum for. Uh, he's upset. I've I've never shown him the originals, um, just because I'm not sure a three year old needs to see a man getting sucked off by a ghost. But he loves <laughs> Ghostbusters. Like I bought him one of those little golden books that they they do like great series of like yeah. film plots turned into like picture books for kids. Yeah, yeah, they're great. And in that, there's like a great thing where it's like, oh, let's skip out all of the kind of like risque <laughs> stuff in that. It's like all of a sudden they've realised there's ghosts. Oh, we're saving them at, at Dana's apartment. And <laughs> and I, I don't know why, like uh, Afterlife was on like Sky or something like that, or like you could yeah you could watch. It. I was like, you know what? Yeah, Dan, it's not that bad. Yeah. and i like filmed a little video of him like watching it and like he's kind of all excited and then all of a sudden like i think it was muncher comes out and he jumped and i sent the video to his mum who <laughs> messaged me being like do you think you should be showing our three-year-old son um <laughs> ghostbusters what, what is the age rating on that and i was like yeah, why is the age rating on that? It's a 12A. Yeah, of course I should have shown this to my son. Like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm constantly aware of, like, the the irreplicable damage like I'm going to do to him for, like, the, the most, like, I, it's silly things. I remember watching YouTube. He loves watching stuff on YouTube, and it was signed into Kids my do. account, and, like, an ad came on that's very much, like, aimed to me and it was the black phone advert and i was like oh that that image of ethan hawk's face in that mask could yeah. scar him for life i was like oh no like i couldn't get to the skip ad quick mm. enough come on come on fuck off ethan it, it, it can't not ever be worse we had rich wilson the comedian on yes. and he somehow got convinced that watching south park bigger longer uncut was a good thing for children <laughs> under six Amazing. or something he regrets that one yeah. I love it. I love Brilliant. it. We've all done it. We've all done it. This episode is brought to you by Smart Food Popcorn. Some decisions aren't the best, like skipping ahead in your favorite podcast. Think of all the banter you'll miss, the lore in the making. Luckily, Smart Food Popcorn is a no brainer. Deliciously tasty and available in a variety of fun flavors. It's a smart decision every time. Smart Food. Add Smart. To learn more, visit smartfood.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
We're going to talk about your best sequel ever. And first uh, of all, you're the first man to pick this. Yeah. And we can't believe it. We, <laughs> this, this is the fourth series and this is the first time this has come up. And when we first, like Dave had the idea for this podcast, he was talking to me about it and he's like, you've got to go and watch this because someone will pick it in like the first episode. Like <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to come up because I'd never seen it. 30 things odd later, no one. So <laughs> what is your best sequel ever? So it is the Francis Ford Coppola sequel to a classic, The Godfather Part 3. No, I'm joking. It's The Godfather <laughs> Part 2. <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine in my message I'd left off an I. And you were like, yeah, he's picking part two, finally. I'm like, no. No, went straight to three. I'd be surprised, but I'd like to hear why. But I'd like to hear why you picked two as well. So let's dive into that. How, how, it's very on brand for you. Yes, yes. What came first, Godfather 2 or the love for the Coplas? Um... Uh, is there a long I don't it's like, like the chicken and it the was egg, just it? A, it was just yeah and it was like a like the the whole fact of covering the Coplas on my podcast was a fact of like I've run out of Nicolas Cage films so I can either release an episode like every I don't know two weeks when he releases a new one like the rate he releases them <laughs> <laughs> or, or I could or I could carry on weekly and just talk about his entire extended family which I thought was a boring yeah, insane well. <laughs> mammoth task than watching all of Nicolas Cage's films. Uh, and you know what? Like, I I was like Rich. I hadn't like I hadn't seen it. Like, oh, wow. When I first started talking about the Coppola, no, I've, I've I've admitted that on my podcast. Like, uh, so I'm not. Yeah, I'm not outing myself. And I <laughs> I saw it when the 50th anniversary for the first one, cinema chains were doing screenings of all three of them so like on separate like or on a weekly okay. basis and i went to the cinema to see it and it just blew me away oh. with like within a week i'd watched it again like i was just kind of like oh, okay. oh this is how you do a sequel like it's not it's not just a sequel it's a, a prequel it's like it, it expands mm. on what the and it's it's almost like going oh here's a template for for this i don't know, look into cap capitalization and greed and like the kind of like do you know what i mean like how horrible america is and like became and obviously it's, it's a film that's like still so resonant today like we kind of sit yeah these people rising up and i just think that that juxtaposition between those two like timelines it's just amazing and it's i, I think it's i don't know it's better. It's better than part one. It's, it's. I don't know. Part one is more enjoyable. Part two is a better film. I, I think. Okay. I think I, yeah, I understand. I think like some people find the juxtaposition of the two stories really hard to follow, and some people absolutely get it, and it's like a. Mm -hmm. It makes the film better. I think I probably prefer part one personally. Mm -hmm. I probably like that's probably controversial because no. i think most people prefer part two i mean they're um, both really good films aren't they, they are. so. yeah i mean and to be honest you could just have one running into two couldn't you really you know it could almost be like you know i they're, actually they're, they're own, very very on a level i actually own i bought i, I bought it on vhs uh there was in the 90s the only way you can own it 
they released a chronological cut of all three films and there's like scenes oh wow like okay deleted scenes added back in and stuff like that so it's yeah it's called like the godfather saga isn't it 1901 to 1980 like it's, it's, you can't you can't get it on any other for like on any other format because coppola has kind of said like actually really didn't like that cut right like of doing it like that because it starts with all of the veto in sicily stuff as a kid i always cut it like of, that yeah so it's cut in chronological order so the way that like events take place it wow. within like the timeline of the godfather universe and it's <laughs> you're blowing dave's mind yeah. <laughs> i mean that's a creative choice was that the do you know if that's the director's choice to do that or is he like i think it was a bit of like pushing from paramount and i think like I think it's famously known that Coppola kind of has struggled with like his finances throughout. True. Like, and I think it was just the way in the nineties with like doing, if it was done as like a kind of two night spectacular, do you know what I mean? Like, cause it's like 10 hours plus. So it's like five or like three nights, mm. like split up. You could have just played the three films individually, but it was a, it was a kind of gimmick to get people to tune in basically. Did it live up to your expectations going in? Did you, expect part, part high two. and you're like it can't be as good as everyone keeps talking it is yeah part two well i think weirdly i kind of like just filtered a lot of like that stuff out because i think like my, even my relationship with the original like i had watched it as a teenager like but i sometimes think oh, with okay. w watching films as a teenager like did you re like especially a certain films like did i really watch that like did you know what i mean did mm. i actually absorb yeah. what what was going yeah. in because or and 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 there's that aspect as well of you watch films and it's like it's like eating your vegetables and i think like because everybody says about the first one like you're like oh it's, yeah. it's the greatest film ever like it's it's, it's like the best uh, american like cinema has to offer there is that aspect of like oh i've kind of got a like you get you get turned off by that and if everyone's telling you something's mm. great I'm, I'm i'm always one to be like fuck you guys like i'll find out for myself like like do you know what i mean six months later or whatever when a new film comes out the cinema <laughs> i'll catch it on the last week and then be like oh fuck that's really good i wish i could go watch it again but it's out of the cinema <laughs> uh, um but yeah so i'd kind of like filtered a lot of like the experience because i had watched the yeah because i again i'd watched the first one quite a lot in a short period and kind of I was doing an episode on the podcast about it, so kind of watched part one over and over again and kind of really digested every piece of information about that film, like director's commentaries, reading books on it and stuff like that. I <laughs> I was like, I don't know, I'm gonna be open to this. Like yeah, I'd heard that it was like what it's like it's that rare case and it's better mm. than the original, but I think it's still on that. Uh, with that in mind, it still blew me away because I didn't really know. Like, because like I want to know what the story's going to do. I had no real, like, I kind of. I think I knew the fact that there was those parallel timelines, but apart from that, I was like, well, knowing that they're doing a pre, uh, like, a prequel stuff with uh, Don Vito is like, well, nothing's really ruined there because. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I know the outcome of his character anyway, and I was like excited to see where the Michael like story goes. And I think, yeah, it's just it's 
dark it's kind of horrible it's like it's, it's a real like kind of going into the depths of evil of a man's soul and yeah, yeah. i'm a big i'm a big fan of like nihilistic films in general for some reason <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of up upbeat and like fun loving guy but there's something about like nihilism it's like i don't know it's why i love like films like to live and die in LA, or like uh, a lot of like eighties Michael Mann films, like Thief and uh, Manhunter, because there's a nihilism to them. But yeah, yeah. and I think the seventies is ripe for that. And I think like, yeah, uh, this film is like the high watermark of like yeah, this being being uh, surrounded by characters where you're like. I shouldn't like any of these people, but like, and I think what Francis Ford Coppola does is really fascinating with the Don Vito stuff is he gives us a way in to like, oh, we're going to show you this immigrant story and him kind of being like quite a noble guy. Like, and the, like, even when he kills, mm. even when he kills that kind of local Don, like in that, in that beautiful, like kind of parade and then like him going over the roofs and getting into his yeah. apartment and stuff like that. We root for him. So, like, yeah. I think that's why that juxtaposition is in there. Because, like, we need someone to root for. Do you know what I mean? Like, we can't really root for the guy who, like, when he finds out his wife had an abortion, all he really cares about is, oh, was it a boy? Do you know what I mean? Like, that is a man who is evil. He's a man who, like, that spit, like, that kind of conversation he has with Fredo, like, in the dark. And he's kind of saying to him, like, you call when you want to come see Mama. Like, because I want to make sure... I'm not here. And it's like that moment, it's like, mm. he obviously goes on to have Al Neri kill him, but it's like in that moment right there, you just killed your brother. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's just yeah. like you've just killed him there and then. And it's like, that's, that's horrifying to watch. And then it's like all of a sudden like, oh, we're back in like 1910, 1920. And it's like, hey, we're stealing a rug. We got, you know, we got Bruno <laughs> Kirby and like playing Clemenza. It's like, it's all like quite jaunty, a lot of like accordion music and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think I think in that way, it's, it's yeah. There's not many films out there that do better character development, and no. from The Godfather One, from start where Michael starts to where he ends in Number Two, and especially mm -hmm. when they have that scene at the end of Number Two, when he uh, oh, he's even drinking from the Godfather mug. Um, <laughs> When he ends, ends at number two, when it shows that he signed up for the army and he's not really interested in, in the family business. Yeah. Uh, but the scene before, he's just got his brother killed and he's just sitting in his chair. Man, he's... he's That's the whole thing, evil. isn't it? Because Michael is supposed to be who you as the audience like, uh, like associate with. So Michael mm -hmm. is supposed to represent you. And the reason it, it feels so dark is because it feels like you're going on Michael's dark journey. Yes. So... That's I kind of like get that. That's like two is plunging you into Michael's kind of darkness. You know, it's like the camera in Evil Dead. You know, yeah. you're the you're the bad guy. You know, that's the well, that's like, why it's so great. <laughs> it's like a weird bait and switch as well, isn't it? Like the her kind of like mm. yeah, right up and like and it's the thing. Even though the end of one, Michael's doing despicable shit. Do you know what I mean? Like we have that montage of him literally having like everyone killed just still mm. like come on the corleones and then like this one it kind of like starts with that kind of closing shot of someone like kissing yeah, kissing the hand and you're like oh yeah i'm into this and very quickly like the wheel the wheels fall off and it's like 
Mm. You're kind of blindsided, like, oh, he's, a, he's a bad dude. And you're like, he's, yeah. I, I know, and Pacino has got like some fantastic moments in life from kind of, he's from the jump. I, I always, I always particularly love that moment when Talia Shire, um, Connie Corleone comes in with like her new boyfriend and he, he talks about the guy like as if he's not there. And it's like, that's real, like, kind of, and it's so clever because obviously there's been like a time jump in the character. And I think in that, and it's in, Mario Puzo and Franz Ford Coppola's writing and it's in the performances is the fact that like you get in those kind of interactions and like oh this is Michael's grown up a bit and like Michael's really like at the seat of being like the Don now and like yeah. it, it, it feels like a, a film that director has complete control as well mm-hmm. I know he had massive problems in the first one but he did have a lot more control in this one, didn't he? Yeah, like, but it shows because everything's got given room to breathe. And Rich knows that I hate long films. Really hate long films. <laughs> uh, but this one clocks in like three and a half hours or something. Yes. No problem with this one. It's amazing. I think, yeah, somebody made the case recently. I think it's a friend of mine, um, Russell, from the uh, Not Just For Kids podcast. He said, every film should either be an hour and a half or three hours plus like yeah. there's no in between like this this <laughs> 225 this kind of two two and a half hours that we've kind of we we, we, we get week in week out in the multiplexes be done with it you can either yeah. tell it, it either the story needs to be told quickly or it needs to be languid and long yeah. and kind of like like the shots need to it. have room to breathe like yeah 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 you need hold hold on that on his face like they do on michael's when they just hold on <laughs> al pacino's face you think He's looking like kind of looking into your soul, kind of thing. It's, mm-hmm. it's terrifying, and the same thing when you know De Niro's so good in this film. For a man who doesn't speak any any English, mm-hmm. uh, it's just the two of them, they can say so much with just a look. Got, got very lucky with that casting, to be honest. Yeah, that, that it's insane, and the fact that I think originally um, De Niro was supposed to play the role of Paulie in the original um oh, the guy right, who okay. gets whacked by clemenza like when you get that famous line leave the gun take the cannoli he was supposed to be just like the driver for the family yeah wow. and because of commitments for like another film couldn't do it and it's like oh we would have been robbed of like this great like this great performance from de niro mm. who like spent months kind yeah. of uh studying marlon brando like yeah as you said i think he says maybe like eight words in english the rest is in sicilian and it's like yeah he's kind of hardly on screen as well like i think of the whole runtime of the film it might only clocks in maybe like i don't know like just over half an hour or so i think it's 40 42 minutes or something in total just out of good 42 minutes yeah you think how can you top brando for that first film i think we've got ways um, you know, Pacino and because there was, if they hadn't got like if they hadn't got De Niro in there, there is a Brando-sized hole to fill, isn't there? You know, you do you think of the Godfather, you think of Brando in Part One, or I yeah. do at least. I don't think necessarily of of Michael in Part Two, but so there was kind of that that Brando hole to fill, and I know he was a nightmare to to film with as <laughs> well his antics. But yeah, De Niro does an incredible job, and yeah. I think they, I think they get a little bit of that, like with Lee Strasberg, like who plays Hyman Roth in it, because obviously, like he's like a 
a famous like acting coach like so like he's kind of got this mm. pedigree and i think that 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 role was offered to elia kazan and um james cagney as well like coppola wanted like these people with gravitas almost as like the kind of the set daddies do you know what i mean like somebody from the old guard to like watch over these kind yeah. of yeah because you think like pacino and de niro and that were all still relatively like young bucks in the game so like yeah. they needed someone like ah, and onto your point of favorite scene there's there's so there's so many um but i think one one i particularly love it's when tom hagen goes to visit um frank patangeli in prison and there's that moment where they have that discussion through the train the chain link fence and like mm. you, you, he he says to he's like he mentions to him about like what what they used to do in ancient rome and like how people would like get get their families sorted out and like it's just one of those moments where you realize in like as an audience like we're realizing oh like we thought the corleones could be fucked here like they still got their kind of fingers in the kind of like Tom Hagen kind of whispers in his ear. Like, yeah, and I think Robert mm. DeVal is massively kind of overshadowed in these Brilliant. films somewhat. Cause he's like, he's, he's an absolute, he's an absolute killer when he's on screen. I think that like, there's so many iconic scenes in this, right? Like, as I mentioned earlier, that, that, that chase somewhat across like the, the rooftops and into, into the, the Don's like apartment when De Niro like shoots him down is great. And, all the stuff in Cuba, like ah, oh, like the, the the one of the most probably iconic scenes ever of Michael grabbing Fredo and kind of giving him the kiss, like yeah, that's and the, the discussion between Michael. Sorry, I'm I'm just, now I'm just listing great moments from the film. <laughs> yeah, we're just talking about yeah the I film. do I do think yeah yeah sorry I I do think that the Frank just because I don't know I, I really like that character of Frankie Five Angels he's I great. think he's he, he's great he kind of fills the Clemenza hole that's left in this film it's like oh yeah let's get this kind of gregarious guy and like like yeah him at that that hearing like mm. yeah all of, all of that all of that stuff but I think I think that moment <laughs> with him and Tom Hagen uh, Tom Hagen is really really phenomenal and kind of like I don't know just heartbreaking like yes to, to watch like we can't we can't not talk about godfather free quickly i still haven't seen it okay we'll try and skim around spoilers <laughs> it's all right it's okay it's an were old you, movie i should have seen yeah. it yeah <laughs> were you expecting big things before you watched it so i've got i've got, got a little confession to make here but i've only watched the new cut of the godfather oh free. the coda cut whatever it is yeah 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 which like um i thought was okay like i haven't seen that one yet i kind of think that there are things that are mentioned like obviously about sophia coppola's performance in that film i totally buy there are certain things in that film like a big plot a big subplot point in that film that people seem to not discuss as being like a a, a, a eggy thing about the film they always just go sophia coppola is shit in it it's like let's talk about uh incest is it, is like let's talk about incest being a subplot <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah let's talk about yeah, cousins yeah, cousins yeah, cousins, yeah. cousins wanted to fuck each other like that's probably a bit more <laughs> yeah, like oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. This, this film's a bit weird like um but yeah i think yeah that film it's the it's, it's the worst of the three but it's like if that were a standalone film like that would be some director's best films 
Do you know what it's I mean? like a like, Jaws three, mate. A uh, Jaws two, sorry, not Jaws three. No, which Jaws is a great rubbish. film. A great <laughs> film, but it's uh, it's not as good as Jaws, obviously. And the problem with Jaws, um, I've got to keep. I'm obsessed with Jaws three. Uh, the problem with Godfather three is that it does have that now, <laughs> that Brando De Niro hole, and Robert Duvall hole, doesn't it? And it's they're trying to fill the gaps yes. with Andy Garcia, who who tries very hard, uh, and then. Sophie Coppola, I can't say her name because I can't say anyone's name. Uh, I think, like you, got short shafted because she was like the last minute call up, wasn't she? Mm-hmm. It was meant to be uh, We Own a Rider. Uh, and they're like, she couldn't do it. And then he was like, oh, I'll just get my daughter to do it at the last minute. But the whole incest thing is when they keep calling each other cuz. Yes. Mm. Like with that film, yeah. And it's like, I won't, I won't go into any details on it, but that that sequence at the opera. It's fucking phenomenal. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, there, there's still great stuff to be had in a somewhat, like, bad film. Like, yeah, oh, and, you know and it's still got the best quote, which is, just when you think you're out, they drag me back in. Yeah, they pull me back in. Yeah, it's like, how, how, how often is that quoted? Like, that's kind of like... That, well, you could say the same those... for Godfather Part 2. That's massively quoted as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you, I, you said earlier that you, you watched Godfather 1 when you were much younger... Uh, obviously, too, when you're much later doing the podcast, do you feel like you've seen a lot of it through? Like, my example is always The Simpsons and and pop culture and stuff like that, ru- kind of ruining it. Or were, were there still surprises to be had? I, well, I think most of the stuff that pop culture draws upon is the first one a lot of the time. Like, I think Simpsons have done like a a horse's head in the the bed gag, like all of that stuff's kind of. Or, like, there's somebody doing, like, a, a Marlon Brando impression. Do you know what I mean? Like, somebody's supposed to be, like... Yeah. And you you think, like... I don't, well, The Simpsons did it the best. They got, they got what, um, Joe Mantegna to play Fat Tony. And he plays... Um, he plays like one of the one of the like guy one of the mobsters in part three. He plays like the, who Andy Garcia keeps having problems with. So it's like they there yeah, they 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 they've got their finger on the pulse with like engrossing with that. But yeah, like you think about the Sopranos, they it gets to the point in that show where they just say one, two, or three, like when they're referencing The Godfather, and it's like as a shorthand, we know as an audience, like oh yeah, they're talking about a scene in like yeah, they just boil it down to three oh yeah in three when this happens or in two when this happens it's like so yeah yeah i think i i i don't but i don't think any yeah not nothing from two or three i don't think is really ruined yeah. in pop culture i think a lot of the stuff's just drawn from one isn't it because it's kind of the easiest one to steal from a lot of the time because of mm. more, more so the brando stuff like was it that? Fo- I don't know. Even, even like the, that Fox's biscuit adverts, like a few years <laughs> yeah. ago, were kind yeah. of still yeah. kind of rolling out like a, a pastiche of, <laughs> of of Don Corleone. It's like it's really, like, like a nearly fifty year old movie, or like you watch kids movies and they're still doing yeah. like Zootopia. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's what you come to me on the day of my daughter's wedding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that that that's everywhere. But you don't really get. I don't know. You don't really get stuff in pop culture. It's like what you need to do is you need to lay in a in a, in a, in a warm bath and slit your wrists. Do you? You don't really you don't really get that stuff. And, 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 and you don't really get references to that. I don't know. Maybe two is like I said, it's a bit too dark for people yeah, to be. You're probably right. It's quite dark. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's quite dark. And not not just literally, even not just Gordon Willis's lighting, uh, like, subject matter as well. Quick middle question that we like to surprise on people: What is your most disappointing sequel? Um, most. So you went in hot and you came out cold. So no, it's not a bad sequel. So I... You're super pumped. Super pumped. Do you know what? I think I've got to say this, seeing as like what what we were talking about earlier. Maybe Bill and Ted face the music. I think that like, it, like, just because I expected the world. Do you know what I mean? Not that yeah, it is necessarily yeah. a bad sequel. I just, I don't know. The more that film I've sat with that film, I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I think once is enough. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. kind of like yeah, yeah. Like I, I think do. yeah, it's, it's like I mean, you always have the first two. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it did, yeah, yeah. It left me a little cold. I was like you. I was really excited for it, and I watched it, and I was like, "Oh, well, it's all right. Like, it's not. It doesn't blow me away. You know, it's not yeah. what I was expecting. I totally understand that." Well, because I, I had it, it was like when you guys asked me to come on the podcast. Like, I was like, obviously, a lot of sequels are baked into like franchises and stuff like that, and I don't like. Mm. I'm not. I don't really like pitch my flag to. Do you know what I mean? Like some people, it's like. St- like do you know I mean cut me and I bleed Star Wars or like do you yeah, know yeah. cut me and I bleed Star Trek. I've never really big in like been big into any of those like franchises to really care enough for stuff to be that that disappointing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I remember all the hoopla with the Last Jedi. It's like oh, it's pretty pretty fun. Like do you know what I mean? Because I'm, I, I'm not that invested to be like like either way. Like it's it's the 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 best film ever but i'm sure i'm sure that a comparison to that will be um coming up shortly when we get on to um yeah a later question yeah <laughs> so like bill and ted it wasn't worth was it a 30 year gap one of those films that probably should have stayed in your childhood kind of thing or the actors i'm not saying they were bad in that part in that film but um they it's just you didn't want to see them as old men maybe is that fair it's not necessarily that. I just think, like, yeah, with that kind of time elapse and stuff like that, it kind of, I don't know, I kind of get it that they were trying to do more of the same and it kind of kept that, like, almost like it was a low-budget movie. like, And it's mm. kind of what... And it's trying to tell this, like, big story and stuff like that. And it's like, I don't know, I think I just wanted a little bit more, kind of like like when you get to the end and it's... or. I don't know, like the 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 daughter characters is like, let's do more with them. Do you know what I mean? Like, let's yeah, either, yeah. let's let's not just go. Oh, you got a little, you get a little side quest. It's like, let's really pull the rug out of uh, on the audience. And be like, oh fuck it, it's actually it's not about it's not about Bill and Ted. Do you know what I mean? It's actually about the daughters or something like. I don't mm. know. I don't, I don't, do, 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 like, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of like kind of box ticking. Like, here's this reference to. To, to the original films and i don't know now i'm talking about it i'm i'm, I'm kind of dampening on it more i kind of enjoyed it but like <laughs> well, i just fine, think, yeah, i just yeah, think yeah. it was a bit disappointing like as to what i was expecting it's kind of quite hard to quantify into words what i really miss just... rufus like oh, that's course, the, that's yeah. the big hole in it for me <laughs> yeah i think it's there's like a list of people that they that, that Hollywood seemed to go to. Oh yeah, you're fine. We'll just pluck you out and plonk you in as like a surrogate for that character. And I don't think, yeah. is it Kristen Schaal? I don't, I don't really think like she really filled that gap. Like, it didn't enough. quite work for me. Like, no. Yeah. No. 
What's your worst ever sequel? I think this might be because it's, I don't know, hot in my mind. Um, it's Jurassic World Dominion, I think. <laughs> I'm with you. It's bad. It's bad. It's, 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 yeah, it's really bad. It's really, it's it's really bad, and I think it's like, yeah, this is where I reference Star Wars again, in the whole hoopla about um, how Rise of Skywalker. Everyone was really disappointed with that, and like obviously them both being kind of sequels to a franchise, but legacy sequels at the same time, and all all that kind mm. of stuff rolled in together. There, I think the biggest thing for me was well, uh, <laughs> there, there's a few, but one of the most like a squandered potential for that film, right? Like, yeah. the, massively, as much as Fallen Kingdom wasn't great, it really like teed up something that could have been amazing. Mm. And it's kind of like, and I think they even did it with that short, didn't they? That like, yeah, Jurassic yeah, Park, Big Rock, or something like that, that they did. And it's like, Give us what we want, like, do you know what I mean? Like, like, I don't know, like, sometimes giving fans what they want is a bad, is a bad idea. Like, we've, we've yeah, yeah. We, 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 yeah, we've all seen the, the Snyder bros online and stuff like that. Over, um, but, um, I just think it feels, what is that, that famous saying, like, a, a horse made by committee is a camel. It's a real camel of a film, isn't it? It's like, it's a real... Love that. I love yeah, that. I'm going to keep that. Yeah. It's, well, yeah, it's so... I just remember just being in this... And I intentionally booked a double bill because I was like, I already... like I saw it maybe a couple of weeks after it released and I was like, I think I'm going to need a chaser for this. I think this is going to be like a a warm, steamy like Carlin or a film where I'm like I'm gonna need I'm gonna need something to pep up my step for afterwards. <laughs> and there's just there's so like what was the pep? What was the pep up step movie? It was uh, Black Book. Is it Black Book? Uh, Black Phone. Sorry, Black Phone. That's oh right, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Black Phone, which was like did what it said on the tin like do you know what i mean i kind of i was in safe hands with that film it didn't blow me away but i was like it's a, a lot more a lot more fun and a lot shorter better than the promise of jurassic world dominion where we were promised dinosaurs walking the earth and what did we get <laughs> another fucking park yeah yeah, yeah. I say you say it's a lot more fun i mean i've had colonoscopies that were more fun than jurassic world <laughs> <Dominion>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think i think the locusts really annoyed me I mm-hmm. think there's like aspects of it, like the fact that Colin Trevorrow has since come out, like with the home release, and been like, "We've added more stuff." But I hate in. home releases and that shit. You've got to watch, like you you won't appreciate the film until you watch like the 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 extended cut. It's like, well, if that was your fucking vision, yeah. give us that. Uh, give us that first time don't go oh that was like a mealy mouth version of what we really wanted to do it's like really you're gonna fix all the problems are you gonna are you gonna have you gone back in like stopped everyone when there's like a threatening dinosaur that they can just stop it by putting their hand up to them? <laughs> like yeah. when did that become a thing it's like kind of i think what well, owen did it with blue in in jurassic world and it's like that makes sense that is a character who has built this relationship and bond with this raptor when did he become yeah. the fucking dinosaur whisperer do you know what i mean like yeah, any exactly. dinosaur it's like, <laughs> like <laughs> it's a good drinking game though every time he does that or someone does that you take a shot 
Well, so, uh, other people that... start doing it, and I'm like, well, 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 why? They should know what they're doing, should they? No, it's... That is crazy. That film baffles me with their creative choices, how they can bring back the original cast. Think, oh, brilliant. Can't wait to see these guys running around from dinosaurs or whatever, and still... They're just playing with locusts. I keep going back to the locusts. Yeah, the locusts. What the fuck are the locusts about in a dinosaur movie? Can someone... (sighs) Have any ideas? I was expecting an actual Jurassic world. I was expecting a world of dinosaurs. And we got Apple's Dinosaur Valley. You know, like... Hey, we got Malta. (laughs) Underground dinosaur trading. And uh, Do you know what? That's probably the best bit of the film, I think. Is that that kind of that stuff in Malta? I want all of the movie to be like that. Yeah. I think more that the film as well. Like they they kind of done themselves a disservice because I think for, again for the home release, I saw like like a swaths of journalists were invited to Malta to have like the the Jurassic World like kind of treatment, and it's like really like like too late in it yeah it's too it's too yeah it's too late like that horse is bolted camel is bolted (laughs) if you want if you want to film if you want to grease some palms to like kind of get some like yeah yeah it's it's some real fun stuff in this do it when the film's like getting a getting its like original release don't just like pump that stuff out afterwards and i don't i don't i don't besmirch anyone who who went on that. i would have gone yeah, I, well, yeah, I would have gone. Yeah, if, <laughs> if, someone, gone. if someone said, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna team you up with a yeah," because one of the things they got to do, they got teamed up with, I think, a stunt team, and like got to kind of be put into the raptor chase in mortar, like that Claire does, and it's like, oh yeah, that that would that would be fun because I like when I first saw people going on that, I was like, oh, is there gonna be like a, is this like a an, an attraction in Malta now that you can kind of have like a. I don't know, like the Jurassic World experience. If you go there on holiday, do you know what I mean? And it's like, no, it's just for it's just for like um, uh, a dozen journalists from across the mm. world. And it's like, oh, okay. I, okay. I was kind of, I, 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 I've, I've always wanted to go to Malta to visit the set of Popeye, the Robert Altman film. Oh, maybe I could, uh, maybe I could have a Jurassic World experience as well whilst I, whilst I'm there. <laughs> And it's like, no, no, I can't. I can't. It's like, it was just a, it was just a real expensive market employee to try and get people to watch a film that Again. word of mouth has already spread like a swarm of locusts to say, it is terrible. It's a, it's about, it's, it's, I just, I'm lost for words because it's just kind of, I was, I was offended by it because it's like, is, is this really what you want to, what you're going to do with hundreds of millions of dollars? Mm. like and kind of is this the level of intelligence that you think that audiences deserve like there's little moments there's that whole moment with the barista like like that that really annoyed me like just like the whole like oh um oat milk almond milk uh and it's just like really like is this the level of and then it's the converse just the conversation the legacy cast like why are you yeah. there? Like, I don't know. Is it like, and it, it all comes back down to the locusts. Like, I, I listened to your episode on it, and it's like you said that 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 sequence with the locusts is is a like is a is a good sequence. It's a good sequence for another film. Like, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, 
for a like, different movie. <laughs> imagine if those locusts were some kind of dinosaur attacking that thing. It'd been a lot more interesting. Yeah, I, I think I think the fact that it's supposed to be the pinnacle, and you've got back yeah, what you've got back Jeff Goldblum, um, Sam Neill, and Laura Dern, Laura Dern yeah. and it's like for what? Yeah, like that's exactly it. For what? For they don't do anything. Like they're all like superfluous, really. Like because all the stuff that happens, they don't actually make happen, really. Like the you know they they find the locusts and they set them on fire, but actually they didn't. They, that that would have happened without them, wouldn't it? Like if they'd have just not bothered, if they'd all stayed at home, <laughs> it would have happened anyway. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I I do put this film now in the ranks of Rise of Skywalker and stuff, or films I don't believe are, are made, and I'm still waiting for that third and final film to come out because <laughs> this, this should have been a home run, shouldn't it? Yeah, I know. everything's there. Dinosaurs, Jurassic World, you bastards! <laughs> I mean, the big fish is scary. It had that same kind Sorry. of moment that the Last Jedi has, where you've got that kid holding that broom like a lightsaber mm. and it's like oh we can explore any story and like anyone can kind of be a part of the resistance and we have a similar yeah. shot at the end of fallen kingdom where it's like you get a raptor kind of in 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 the moonlight stood on like a rock face and it's like oh that's it now it's off like it's off yeah there's got all the cards are on the table we don't know what the fuck's gonna happen do you know what i mean like and you hardly yeah. get any kind of scenes of actual civilization being disturbed by it. Do you know what I mean? You kind yeah. of get you get this Maltese kind of, I don't know, like Star Wars-esque bazaar where they're like illegal trading, which kind of looks otherworldly anyway. Do you know what I mean? It kind of it does, looks yeah. like a kind of, yeah, bazaar from Tatooine or something. It does, yeah. Uh, it's like, where's like people in the suburbs getting like, fucking like terrified and stuff like that or where's like the big city stuff it's all like all the stuff mm. we see is either in seclude and part of me thinks like should they have waited to film it like because was it was it a covid production like if it, it, it was yeah it feel it very much feels like it and it's like could you have not just waited a little longer do you know what i mean and like been like you know what let's do this when we can like let's really fulfill the promise like let's use this time in covid mm. to really work out what we've got and go I've, I've, um, colin got a slight problem here this film's called jurassic world one of the um frosting plot points is giant fucking locusts let's get rid of it but no they kind of went no let's push forward let's push forward like do you know what I mean? Jeff Goldblum and that, they, they're kind of, they're, they're, they're indie projects like Laura Dern, like uh, A24 aren't like pushing forward with a film that she's, you know, a, a marriage story style film isn't getting pushed forward. So what will, what will, yeah, they're all kind of, they're, they're all contained at the moment. They, they, they need to, they need a bit of work. Let's, yeah. let's get them whilst we can instead of being like, let's just wait and actually fulfill yeah. on the promise of, a Jurassic World, as opposed to, and, I, and as I said, I'm not even like a big franchise fan. I like the Jurassic Park films and Jurassic World films, but like for a film, for a film with like a long-standing like franchise to make me like this annoyed was like a thing of like, oh, I'm just not, yeah, not even as like a part of a franchise. I was just disappointed in it as a film. 
you know what I mean? As yeah. like, yeah. not even like oh, absolutely because it's 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 a rocky fucking franchise as it is. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of it's just, it's been like mm. diminishing up and down returns since the first one. It's kind of living up to that legacy, and it's like you really you've really had your chance to to close out on a big and and you fucking shit yeah. the bed, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> I went into it thinking it was going to be. Like the Walking Dead, but dinosaurs instead of zombies. Oh man, and that should have been the. Pitch. I came out of it going, the only Walking Dead in there are like all the old legacy characters, essentially, because <laughs> they are they're dead weight in the movie. They do nothing. <laughs> I wouldn't even call them dead weight. I would, I, maybe the chemistry between people. Maybe you. Oh, like the, we chem- about this, the chemistry this between Chris production. Pratt and and well, that, Bryce Dallas Howard is just rubbish. Like. They're supposed to be married, aren't they? Basically, they're supposed to be married. They live in a cabin together. They've brought up a kid, and the chemistry is like they've just met at a party. Like mm-hmm. they don't even know each other. Like well, it's just non-existent. I don't think those characters ever had chemistry, and I thought that's why no. they kind of, in the second one, did it that they were like estranged and like it didn't mm. work out. And I think it is like, and I think that's what's really interesting about the. I don't know the yeah in films where they have like platonic relation or these kind of like i think the like the 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 conflict between like a, a level of conflict would have maybe made for something interesting mm. in this film <laughs> like or and there's nothing interested everything's just shoehorned in as well like even like meeting up with the legacy characters it's like they those two stories could have just zigged past each other and they never they never intervened but it's like ah oh, yeah it's like all of a sudden a script meeting. They've gone. Oh no, they've got to meet at some point. Like, let's do. Yeah, it's it's, it's like two pages stuck together, isn't it? Of pitches, and they've kind of. Oh fuck! We can't. Uh, yeah, we've missed the back end of that one. We've missed the front end of that one. Oh, let's yeah. just green light that together. Like, and throw throw a horde of locusts in there as well. Yeah. Yeah. You said you weren't a massive fan of the, of the franchise. Can you imagine what? franchise like massive fans think of this film do you think they, they've come out happy like like i i agree with you the only good jurassic park film is jurassic park mm-hmm. past that it's it, it barely blips on a radar <laughs> um i mean yeah they're, they're mainly there's more bad films than good films in jurassic park franchise i just don't know what the fans wanted or expected and if they got it and and is there a future and then we'll end I, it on that i think that because it has been such a rocky road, it's it's like the career of Nicolas Cage. You never know what you're going to get with the next one. So they're probably like holding out, and it's like, oh, if it, it was a J.G. Abrams like situation again as well. It's like he didn't do the middle film that that was up. For, it's it kind of is like a carbon copy of what happened with the last Star Wars, Star Wars trilogy, mm. wasn't it? It's like you had like in this case you had Colin Trevorrow open it out. They gave it to J.A. Bayona for the second one, and it's kind of they gone. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they figured out they could have the legacy characters, and like Colin Trevorrow was like, "No, I'll, like, give it back to me." Like, that's why I wanted to do <laughs> Jurassic Park in the first place. And I, yeah, I can only imagine that, like, ardent fans. You know, what I mean, those people with like Jurassic Park tattoos, tattoos. and stuff like that are kind of like booking, booking laser removal and stuff, like, especially because. <laughs> You get that moment, and I, I think, I think I saw it coming. Like at the Biosyn, like lab, there's that bit of like I don't know what it is, like a 
a waterfall display or something like that and it's just a, a massive like circle of concrete and i was like Oh, yeah. we're getting it aren't we like and th- there's that moment where the dino like the t-rex might as well just fucking wink at the camera <laughs> as like as it kind of gets into frame to create the logo and it's like really yeah like is this is, is this what we're doing like it was a real like fourth wall breaking moment of like it's like when someone says the title of the film as a really tempted at that moment to be like get up clap and just like exit the cinema it's like i've seen i've seen all i need to see here you just reminded me of something else i hate about it the the the, the evil corporation is called biosyn yeah may as well just call it baddie corp (laughs) (laughs) oh jesus i hate that movie i just realized (laughs) It, it fulfills so many sins right you kind of get this unmarked or like this named bad guy from earlier on in the franchise and it's like, oh yeah, he's he, he's back. Like it's like, well, we never knew who he was in the first. Rich place. had to remind me who he was. Yeah, had to describe who Dobson was. <laughs> yeah, one I didn't know, and two I didn't care at this point. <laughs> I'm getting angry about this film. <laughs> <laughs> you picked a cracker. You picked an absolute cracker. Yeah. <laughs> we both. Do you hate think it. it's going to be more? <laughs> Do you think that this is it now for Jurassic Park, Jurassic World slash whatever they're calling it? Of course, it's not. About few years they're going to wheel it out again do you think they'll fulfill the promise of having a world full of dinosaurs i don't i don't i don't think they are i think they're gonna they're gonna soft reboot it under like some i don't know like maybe they'll figure out like a a not jurassic something else do you know what i mean well there's a kids um animated show on netflix camp cretaceous um which yeah which my son likes there's all the lego versions as well which i swear have more depth than mm-hmm. Jurassic World Dominion, I'd rather watch the Lego, the little Lego shorts. Yeah. So they're, they're they're not letting it go. They're aiming at the kids, though. It's definitely they're the fine, kids. They'll find dinosaurs in the inner Earth. <laughs> right? What now? <laughs> you, you know the bit, the inside of the core of the Earth. All oh, right. Yes. Okay. Like the incredible journey where it is with the rock. That they, they were there the, this whole time. Or the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I've, I, I've like, I'm just so cynical about kind of big corporations because that's essentially what a lot like a lot of Mm. film studios are that they're like they're not going to let this ip rest are they and yeah um, it's like harrison ford saying once he's done with uh indiana jones there's gonna be no more indiana jones that poor sweet old man as uh, <laughs> soon as you're dead mate yeah as soon as the corpse is cold yeah as soon as the corpse is cold in that it's oh. <laughs> too good not to be yeah 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 yeah. the, 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 the guys at disney are gonna be like news in from deadline harrison ford is dead fire up the announcement d20 whatever we're at <laughs> next one little question for you is there ever been a, a sequel that surprised you that it it was good so maybe the first one was rubbish or the first few was rubbish and then police academy six came out and i i, well, I think there's an obvious answer for this uh it's fast and the furious five i think it's, good answer. it's the obvious answer but i'm gonna i'm gonna keep in the <laughs> the vin diesel vein and go with a film that i did not expect to enjoy and enjoyed very much in the cinema when i saw it which was triple x the return of xander cage which <laughs> oh you've upset dave now <laughs> i think i think really I, enjoyed this episode. <laughs> I think i enjoyed it for for all of the right reasons that it is 
fucking mental. <laughs> like, I, I think it was like very, but like, no, no, I don't know. There was something maybe slightly ironic, but there was an aspect of it where it's like, is this film doing what it's doing? Do you know what I mean? Like, you kind of, you can see. I mean, I have to agree with you there. Yeah, you can <laughs> yeah. see Vin Diesel throughout going like, do you know what would be a good, a, a, a good moment in here? I'm just in a in a fur coat surrounded by a sea of women it's like really <laughs> and i think the moment I, I i lost my shit in the cinema when his motorbike all of a sudden turned into like a jet ski across the water and i was just like i think yeah and i think this is a fact of i just had fun watching it like not even that like it's not a good film like but sometimes even shit can be entertaining so i think the fact that i've True. expected I to not yeah. be entertained at all the fact that i came out being like i'd find it I'd, 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 i had fun in I the cinema i love that you picked this movie because i know <laughs> dave i know dave hates it and i'm just looking at his face <laughs> he's about to lose it <laughs> how can they cast vin diesel as like an extreme sports star oh, he can't even run <laughs> It's, it's the most I I hate. I think Triple uh, X Two is the best out of this fucking shitty trilogy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the point where Neymar turns up in the third one, honestly. Oh I, yeah, I, yeah. That yeah, that and there's the so the cast is stacked as well, right? You've got you've, yeah, you've got what's that? You've got Tony Collette like in there. Um, yeah. You've got what? Uh, oh, what's his face? You, from you got it, the Hound from. Games of Thrones, sorry, Rory McCann. Yeah, yeah you got uh, who's the actor who played Ip Man and is in uh, Rogue One? Yeah, I know oh. who you mean. Now I feel bad for forgetting his name. Yeah. He's in Rogue One and lots of other. So you've got like you've... Donnie Yen. Donnie Yen. Donnie yeah, Yen. you got Donnie you go. Yen in there. Do you know what I mean? Like it's <laughs> it's it's packed with the girls. And again, I'm gonna very heavily caveat this by saying it is not a good film and you did spring this question on me somewhat that, so. yeah this is the point <laughs> there and are... you know I, really, I always really like nuances and that one really surprised me <laughs> I've gone from highbrow to lowbrow very quickly and I'm kind of that's very much my brand so I'm, I'm sticking to it what is your dream sequel? Uh, so I've thought about this. A lot. I should think about this a lot in my spare time. And just anyway, kind of. Yeah, like, me too. Like la laying there on my bed, my hands under un under my chin, kind of like <laughs> a, a thought bubble appears <laughs> over my head, and it is Connor too. Nice, so good. Yes, please. <sighs> like, I watched this on Sunday night. We were we well, yesterday last night. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> I watched this a couple of nights ago and I just enjoyed myself so much. It's so good. It's peak Cage, isn't it? Is this your favourite Nicolas Cage? I'm talking to the wrong man. He probably uh, likes vampire Nicolas Cage. Um, <laughs> it's my favourite of that trilogy. Let's let's leave it at I that. I love how we think it's a trilogy. Yeah, well. yeah it's the Beige Volvo trilogy. It's, oh. it's, or the Testosterone trilogy. Whichever way you want to cut it, it's, it's definitely a trilogy of kind of Nicolas Cage, all guns blazing action. And I think yeah. Con Air is this fantastic fantastic comedy as much as it is an action movie because it, yeah it's, it's fucking well, the script is hilarious yeah it's hilarious like nick cage it's the straight man in it as well which is like fascinating despite the fact he's doing that like he's taking that voice 
so seriously. Do you know what I mean? He's taking it like he's taking it all seriously. Yeah, didn't, like, he went to Alabama and stayed in Alabama for a while to like get his accent right. Mm-hmm. You know, and still got it wrong. Like, still- <laughs> <laughs> and there's something about McKelty Williams as well, who like seemed to have had a career in the nineties of like being like the sidekick to guys with like crazy accents. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. this and Forrest Gump. Bubba. <laughs> I think Amazing. the best, the most comedy thing about this whole movie is John Cusack's shoes. Have you I ever noticed? I didn't notice this until I just watched it. He's wearing socks and sandals all the way through this movie. And his suit. <laughs> so his his suit looks like it was fitted for Ving Rhames, or like it's yeah. fitted for like like yeah, it's fitted for another actor. They pulled out last minute, and they went, we can't change the wardrobe. I guess. He's wearing like a cream linen suit, three sizes too big for him, and socks and sandals. And he's great. Yeah. And he hated it, apparently. Apparently He hated every minute of it. (laughs) I love there's a quote as well, because obviously, like, there's a lot of big personalities and a lot of, like, tough guys on that set. Uh, Danny Trejo was asked, I think on, like, the Mark Maron podcast, like, um, who was, like, the the toughest dude on that set? He's like, oh, it's John Cusack. Like, he's just got these, like, he's got these cold eyes. He's got the eyes of, like, a cold, hard killer. And and he he is, like, a... He's a brick shit house as well. Like I think he's trained in like Taekwondo or something like that. Like um, oh, wow. right. there's a guy called like Benny the Jet who like trained him and then there's a fight scene in Gross Point Blank in the in the hallway at the reunion. Yeah. Like that's the guy who trained him and that's the like, actual John Cusack oh, like, okay. fighting him and stuff. So like ha- like has the chops but looks like the most unassuming guy. Yeah. And like mm. yeah, probably he's probably yeah, he also does look Good like casting, then. he could rip your fucking throat out as well. Like uh <laughs> I'm not, I got I got to be wary of what I say. I take it all back. His shoes are great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty comfortable. Um... So, Con Air two, we got to get to it. What have you thought about it? What's the where, where have you gone on plot? Train boat. Um, so I've I've kind of like I've got mul- I've got multiple. Like I've, I've obviously like there there is one that has been talked about by Simon West. I think even as recent as. There was a 25th anniversary screening at like uh, the Action Movie Festival yeah, in yeah, London, yeah. and he said like if they ever did a sequel, they would just have to go more preposterous with it, and they'd have to be set in space. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, so, I can see it. so that 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 that's that's like a that's a cool idea. But I think it was kind of, that was kind of done because I guess Con Air falls into that the age old trope of Die Hard on a black yeah it does mm. and it's like yeah. this is die hard on a plane so like but i think yeah, there's a film called lockdown i think it is with guy, guy pierce. pierce yeah and that's about like a kind of yeah like a space prison like kind of thing so yeah, that that idea has been taken but i yeah i think the two i would go for and i think the first one has the big caveat that it would have to have been made like 1999 it basically would have had to have been made post pre 9 11 because it would have been Cameron Poe has got a like a job he's either like he's reformed himself he's like a he's like a consultant for like plane security or something like that he's jetting across the country he's doing he's doing all types of like things for work just happens a flight he's on is overtaken 
by a ragtag band of diehard style like uh terrorists do you know what I mean like kind of uh multi like different types of ethnicities do you know what I mean? and it's very much that but they're in the mold of the the guys from Connor. so these guys i imagine are all ex-cons so they they are still cons and they are in the air so i think it counts so it's <laughs> tick it's very much in that vein of like a diehard where it's like how could the same shit happen to the same guy twice and it's mm. that or I think my other one is like a real legacy sequel and something like this happened. God forbid something like this happens again. John Cusack's larking, scrambling around shit. This really reminds me of what happened in 1997. If there's one guy who can infiltrate this plane and get shit done, it's Cameron Poe. And we get Cameron <laughs> Poe back to take down a plane full of cons in a kind of like he's he manages to sneak on like uh, you know like when they have the exchange at carson city or something like that like they figured out something's awry and uh he's back on to to to, to sort shit out it's it's gotta how, be how about fun. this vince larkin got cameron poe a job oh, so yes. he's already on the plane. Uh, yes 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 yeah i love he's that working idea. for the marshal service yeah 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 you would though if you saw him in action be like we should probably sign him up. He'd be quite good to have, wouldn't he? I, I think it is the kind of premise that you could just, like, redo every, like, five to ten years mm. with just, like, a new batch of hot shit, like, actors. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to think, like, now, if you kind of had, like, I don't know, Jake Gyllenhaal on there. Like, because he, he, he seems to have, like, a proclivity to do, like, like, with ambulance. Like, he's like, oh, I'll do, like, a big, dumb... Like kind yeah. of like I thought you said movie. he was one who who go for the accent, and you know what, Jake Gyllenhaal would. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> or like, but but that I think that's something that's uniquely fascinating about Con Air is the cast is littered with like actors, like all capitals actors doing action stuff, as opposed to like action blokes yeah. trying mm. to act. Like yeah, John, John Malkovich. Malkovich. Yeah, yeah. And, like, like... And you think like um, Steve when Buscemi? When I was young, that's all I thought John Malkovich did uh -huh. was kind of movies. <laughs> yeah, and he's like he was kind of famous for like dangerous liaisons and stuff, yeah. like kind of like more like highbrow stuff and like a guy from the they're all like yeah, loads of like theatre guys and stuff like that. It's like do that with like yeah, Yahya Abdul Mateen the se like the second, get him involved. Like you can like I, I don't know um, Michael B Jordan, like kind of all these kind of like young like kind of yeah like younger guys like just do that or do like and in, in the next five year cycle do like an all-female version or like do you know what I mean like kind of you could yeah. all black cast like kind of mix it up like you got all, all, all this kind of stuff or i don't know do a sequel which is just a totally different film altogether but it's like a, a sequel and it is like um the odd life of garland green just I was like gonna say, what, what, I what garland, garland green's green up to prequel. yeah yeah yeah. I, want a, what? yeah I want the garland green prequel where it's he's been he's the the serial killer being hunted down before yeah. he gets before he gets That'd arrested work. and yeah i'd like that 
afterwards like what what is he like doing like well, you could only imagine that he yeah, went yeah, big at that true. casino like <laughs> do you know what I mean the high life of garland green like him just like <laughs> living it up and, so, and like if if they did any of the kind of sequels i mentioned like the legacy one he's got a crop up somewhere right mm. like let's say which characters would you bring back because is john malkovich did we see him die did he's actually head get caved in or did he he's dead he's he's, okay, he's yeah, but i reckon yeah. there's like cyrus the virus acolytes i reckon that's who's gonna be like mm. the big bad there's gonna he's it, like we're living in the age now of like do you know what i mean some people like podcasts and documentary series about these guys and stuff like that and they're kind of like people who've like grown up on the legend of the man who killed more more men than cancer do you know what i mean he's like oh yeah i want to <laughs> <laughs> like yeah that script man is so good <laughs> <laughs> You got, you got a guy with a full body tattoo of roses who's like, yeah, Johnny Six Hundred. Like, uh, as as as, as that, I always felt that's a weird line in Con Air. Where yeah, like, uh, oh, that's that's only for the ones they they, they prosecuted before. It's like, well, when did you get those tattoos done? Are they all done in prison? Like, why have you got them? Very intricate for prison tattoos. Yeah, like, <laughs> what, 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 they're to show off the amount of women you've raped. Basically, stop getting tattoos. I mean, that, that would stop you getting... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does he get what once he does them? He gets, <laughs> he gets. Well, once he doesn't, he only gets the ones that he gets convicted for. So he's only. Convicted. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's bizarre. Like, kind of first day yeah. out on patrol, he's like, "To the tattoo shop, please. I got a rose to add." Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I am surprised they haven't done a sequel. Like, not like a. I, I reckon there could have been a straight to DVD sequel at any point. Mm-hmm. So whoever owns the rights to Conair has done very well not to sell out. Mm true because there there could have been like i'm going to use a what is it the escape one with stallone and schwarzenegger and the crappy sequels they've done or even like what's the shark film shark deep blue sea no deep blue sea and they've done a bunch of crappy sequels to that uh films like that i think con air could have quite quite easily have been Mm. down that route using wrestlers Yes. As the action hero. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. You'd have like Goldberg in there. Like, yeah, Randy Orton. Yeah. <laughs> John, C- John Cena before he started getting in good stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Kind of testing the waters. I, f- I think now as well, I'm worried that it never will happen because, yeah, it's, it's owned by Disney, right? Like Con, Con Air. Yeah, like, it's now, yeah. So, yeah. so like, would they, I don't know, would they green light? Would they green like like a hard R eighteen rated like sequel to Well to we're getting Connor. a face off too apparently. So Yeah. Are we really never say never. <laughs> yeah, let's let's hope this is the research. Hopefully they do sequels to Connor the Rock and Face Off, but in reverse order. So oh. we're getting we're getting face off two this time, Conair two, and then we'll get the rock two. God nice. knows. That'd be- That'd be amazing. And then National Treasure Free, obviously. Oh, fingers crossed. This movie kind of started my Nicolas Cage theory, which is that the worse his hair is in a movie, the best the better his performance is. So the more shit his haircut, the the better he is. I I I can I can give you names of two There's films. Gonna be an outlier now. <laughs> that massively disprove that and they are next. <laughs> And um, that is dog shit. Bangkok Dangerous. Uh, yeah, that's the one I always say. 
Yeah, they are. There's they're, always they're, there's always an exception that proves the rule. <laughs> that's that's actually a question I always ask when we discuss a Nicolas Cage film on the podcast. So, Rich, are you is, saying the worst haircut? Yeah, yeah. The worst, the, worse the haircut, the better the film. So no. Yeah. No, so no. well, think about it. Like his haircut is terrible in this. His haircut in in Face Off Just looks got a mullet. Like, it doesn't mean it's a bad hairstyle. Really. His haircut looks like he's been drawn on with a sharpie in Face Off. You know, it looks like someone's she just drawn his fringe on with a sharpie. You know, there's um, it, look at his look at his hair in Kickass. Kickass is great. His hair is awful. I, I don't know. I think I think there's something in it. It's one of the free <laughs> questions we always ask on the podcast. Is does he have bad hair in this movie? So maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe I can maybe I can go. Bad back. Lieutenant. Bad Lieutenant's a good movie. His bad Lieutenant. Bad hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Try to think. Pig. Pig. Pretty. Pig. Yeah. Out yeah. of control. Pig's, pig's great. Yeah, pig pig's great. amazing. It's amazing. Um, I don't know. He's got pretty decent hair in Leaving Las Vegas. Yeah. He's just, right. got, he's just got Nicholas yeah, Cage hair. Right. Red Rock does, West. Yeah. A uh, a film I'm a, I'm a big champion for. Great hair. Great. I hair. don't think I've ever seen Red Rock West. Actually, that's probably one I need to watch. You, you After I watch The Godfather Part 3. <laughs> <laughs> and those were Petros's unequal sequels. I really enjoyed that. It was good. He's a very professional man with podcasts, isn't oh, he? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. His voice is very podcasty. It is uh, very podcasty. And like you said, we've both been on his podcast, both had wonderful times. Uh, very very listenable podcast so go check that out Absolutely. and finally someone has finally picked godfather 2 godfather 2 right at the start of this doing this podcast before we'd recorded a single episode i'd not seen godfather part 2 and dave said to me right you've got to go and watch godfather part 2 because it's going to come up really early and do you know what four seasons <laughs> <laughs> four seasons before we got Godfather 2 how astounded it took that long yeah because everyone's like mentions it when you talk about them personally but when they come on the show yeah yeah everyone's like oh well of course everyone's going to pick Godfather Part 2 so I'm going to pick like Young Guns 2 <laughs> yeah but it's also because it is a great film don't get me wrong but mm. is it really anyone's favourite film well, that's Petros's by the sounds of it. Well, obviously, so, you Petros's. know, <laughs> he did disappoint there when I, I was like asking my finger. I hope he says it. I hope he's the one that brings Godfather Part Two to the to the table, and he mm. did, and he didn't disappoint. Uh, clearly, a man who loves the film and loves the whole bloody family. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, see, were you in Godfather Two? Do you like it now? Or no, I like it. I always liked it. I just don't think it was good as it's as good as the first one. And you still haven't watched the third one. I still didn't watch the third one, no. <laughs> We're waiting for someone to pick it at some point. Someone's going to have to pick its worst or yeah, well, or best. I think, or, yeah, we'll see. Or a uh, dream I might one. Just, I might just watch it over Christmas for fun. See what happens. Oh, it's not really a fun movie. <laughs> or a Christmas movie, to be honest. Is there a Christmas? I don't think there is. <laughs> I know, I know. I just, like, you know, sometimes you get sick of all the Christmas stuff. You want something yeah. a bit kind of miserable and violent there's, I feel like there's a lot of fresh stuff out this year for Christmas films we're going off now um, worst someone else as well as Boyd picked Jurassic Park Dominion uh, a very recent film yeah I mean very fair 
It is <laughs> it's a rubbish. shocking piece of toilet. <laughs> what a wasted opportunity. I keep saying, what a wasted opportunity of a yeah. film. Where's my Jurassic World film? Where are dinosaurs roaming the world? I think for me, it'd be disappointing rather than worst. Yes, I, mean, I, I mean, it's bad and it's perfectly fine to pick it as your worst because it's definitely a bad sequel. But the disappointment levels, my goodness. It had a, like you said, like you want Walking Dead with dinosaurs. Kind mm. of. Imagine that film, just for a second. Let's just take a moment. Yeah, it'd be fucking great, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it really great. would. I really, really would like to see that film, and it's just wasted all the cast. See, it should be the humans living in the park and the dinosaurs roaming the world. Yeah, oh, anyway. <laughs> yes. Um, have you showed this to your son yet? Because it's been a while since we've no. watched it. No. no, still not this one. No, I haven't brought myself to do it yet. When it's, I think you still have to pay for, to rent it on streaming. So, oh, so you're going for free, free. When somewhere. it's free on streaming, then maybe I'll let him watch it. I reckon next Christmas it'll be free and it'll be the big Christmas film on ITV. Yeah, you're probably right. That'd be a big deal. His his dream sequel oh, didn't disappoint either. Fantastic choice of Con Air. I got to watch Con Air again. I love that movie. <laughs> I love. Put the bunny. Back in the box. <laughs> oh, so good. Love so many it. quotable lines and the actors in it and John Malkovich. And John Malkovich. John Malkovich is really good in it. Like, he's really good in it. And Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi's great in it. John Cusack, right. who clearly didn't want to be there, but still. <laughs> John Cusack's shoes. <laughs> I am surprised they've never done like a WWE re like sequel to it because they did that for a period they picked action films and did really random sequels with like wrestling yeah they did yeah yeah that's true like the jingle all the way too exactly that was, that was a w- wwe one wasn't it it's bizarre still <laughs> didn't have any that. wrestlers in it <laughs> it did <laughs> did it oh that's... yeah it did like in like really small parts <laughs> yeah santiago was his face yeah. uh but connor i'd love to see nicholas cage return to that part somehow mm. and he is uh well, you know, the unbearable weight of massive talent or whatever it is was, you know, showing that he could do stuff like that kind of thing. And Oh, yeah, he's got the chops. He's got the chops, and I think he appreciates his uh, career now. And I think he's just having fun with his career now. So, come on, Con Air 2, in space or something. <laughs> in space. Well, it has to be in space. We built a space prison. Space or... Su- <laughs> My head always goes space or submarine. Of course it does. Of course it does. Because you're stuck in the Fast and Furious franchise. Yeah, there's, there's an underground, <laughs> there's an underwater prison. An uh, underwater Max. prison. <laughs> and they're transferring them from land to sea. And they get attacked by Namor and his little blue fellas. <laughs> well, every franchise is coming together now. It's going to be beautiful. <laughs> yeah, be fun. Be fun. Anyway, <laughs> talking of fun... <laughs> Link. This link is tenuous. <laughs> Talking of fun, all the rest of our episodes are really fun. <laughs> We've got loads of fun interview episodes you go back to listen to. With all, you know, we're two thirds of the way through series four now, so go back and listen if you haven't already to series one, two, and three. Uh, we've also got loads of extra episodes where we chat absolute rambly nonsense like we have in this outro. <laughs> so go back and listen to those. If you like what you hear, hit that subscribe button, hit that auto download button. 
and we'll drop into your pod player of choice every single week. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, and if it still exists, then you can join us on social media. We are at Unequal Sequel on Twitter and Instagram, or you can send us a good old-fashioned 90s-style email to unequalsequel at hotmail.com. Oh, yes, that is hotmail. Um, <laughs> while you're there, if you want to give us a little rating, uh, five stars, please, that would be lovely, or a little tick or a little heart or whatever it is on your pop player of choice, just means that other people can find us really easily. If you want to write us out a rating and tell us how much you like the that, like the show, then uh, do that, please. That would be lovely if you've got the old Apple podcasts. If you really, really love the pod and you want some more, if you want a little bit extra of, of Petros, the uh, sequel, if you like, to this episode then uh, you can join us on another slice another slice.com forward slash unequal sequel we've got a subscription only service there where you get a little bit of extra of every episode it's 2.99 a month and we'll also be dropping loads of extra content around christmas time too yeah i like how you take the mick, uh, mick out of our hotmail but once social media fucks up and disappears because it seems to be the way that you know yeah, it, yeah. it will burn to the ground everybody will be on msn messenger myspace we'll and hotmail, hotmail again and we'll yeah. be top of the pile uh <laughs> yes thank you everyone for listening thank you for your continuous support we really appreciate the another slice people you are continuously my favorite people ever so if you want to be one of our favorite people ever join up um rich you got anything else to say no, that's it. I've got nothing else to say. So it is a Tofar from me, which oh. is goodbye in Samoan, apparently. Nice. I think I, I, think I nailed that one. And it is a goodbye from him. Bye! See you on the next one. We're getting a little bit closer to Christmas. I'm starting to think, oh shit, I haven't bought any presents. <laughs> so I will be panicking. Uh, so you're going to hear my voice yeah. getting a little panicking. Uh, so see you all next time. Bye-bye. Oh, I've always fancied living in Samoa. Have you? Yeah, I think it'd suit me. You know, lots of rugby, pineapples, sunshine. Sounds fun. It does look nice. The only, I know it's because film representation is Samoan people, is literally The Rock. And then <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then the film Hobson Shaw, when they all go back mm, to Samoa. Yeah. But it does look lovely. And they all like their cars, right? Yeah, yeah. I can see, I'd see, I'd fit in, a, in Samoa really well. Yeah.